You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. We have peace with God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Discover more about this truth in this message by Pastor Ryan Gidor. Welcome to the third installment of our series, Past Perfect. The Old Testament is laden with shadows. Shadows, say the word shadows. Of the past pointing forward to the substance which is Christ, the perfect sacrifice. This is the reason why we have opted to entitle this uh, series Past Perfect because whatever took place in the past points to the uh, purposes and plans of God in the future that there is no other sacrifice, there is no other offering than Christ Himself. Amen. And thus, the objective of today's series is that we want to know the significance of God's sovereign plan. How many of you here are thankful that God is sovereign in your life? That no matter what will happen, there is a bigger and a supreme God that is in control of your life. That God will not leave you nor forsake you. That you're not living life alone. And no matter how depressing your situation is, you know God is in control. Amen. So God is sovereign and has a plan for salvation that is revealed in the Old Old Testament, fulfilled through Christ's life and death, resulting in a gospel-centered living. When we begin to see the worth of what Christ has done, we will respond beyond uh, really the norm. And I hope that you uh, can relate with my example this uh, afternoon of... uh, how at times we respond to situations. For example, you buy me a McDonald's Happy Meal. You understand? Okay, this is just an example. Okay, you don't have to do uh, this. Okay, in the coming days, if you buy me a Happy Meal, I will be, I will be, happy. <laughs> happy. Okay, I will be happy, and I'm thankful for indeed uh, uh, for for you going out of your way and buying me something that might make me happy. But if you buy me a McDonald's meal. Buy me a house and buy me a brand new car. I will not only be happy, I will worship you. Do you understand? And I, I, I'm, I'm kidding, okay? Of course, I will be thankful more than just being happy. And at times, okay, human as you are, as you look back, the reason why we rejoice, the reason why our reaction is so intense, it is because of what the other party did for our sake. Am I correct? So if you're asking the question, why people in this gathering are lifting up their hands, some are just totally, really are intensely uh, interfacing God. How many of you here have seen people that are worshiping God with all their might? As if Jesus is coming tomorrow. They're just, it's just too much and it's, it's your choice. Wala pong basaga ng trip. But my point is, okay, people can... Okay, worship God with all their might, soul, and strength. It is because of how they have collided with God's love. Amen. And thus, they can worship God with their all. This is not a requirement that if you're coming to this church, people at the back, can you wave your hand? Come on now. Oh, salamat. Okay? I, I, I love you. Okay? And, and if you're here right now, this is not a requirement why we are worshiping God. Okay? That you need to worship God with all your might if you are part of this church. Our expression is a response to what the Lord has done in our lives. So in the same manner, the reason why we can really respond again with intensity because we have witnessed God's exceptional and reckless generosity. 
And He's not just generous with His provisions, but with His love, His protection. And the more that you see how reckless and intense and immense God's love for you, the more that you can just raise your hand and thank God for. There are moments for some of you here that you think the reason why God is blessing your life because you're so good. Because you're coming to church. The reason why God is blessing your life, not because you're good, but because God is good. The nature of His provision isn't dependent on what you've done and what you're about to do. The nature of God's provision is always based on His character. That is one thing I appreciate about God. There are times we remain faithless and God is always faithful. So if I want, or if you allow me to refresh your memory... We need to be reminded that about two weeks ago, we did talk about, okay, the sacrifice and the person who has been given the task to offer sacrifices known as the high priest. And the reason why, okay, sacrifices and the high priest are instituted to represent the nation of Israel to offer sacrifices because of the sins of the nation. And I hope that you do understand that in our own capacity, our own ability, our own understanding that we don't have what it takes to get to know God. No matter what you do with your life and no matter how you go out of your way and find ways and means in order for you to get to know God, it is impossible for you to get to know God. And thus, the people of Israel opted to put somebody to what mediate somebody or mediate the people of God to God himself. And that is a shadow of what is about to come. Thus, in our present uh, uh, really condition, we know that before we came to know the Lord, it is by the grace of God that we have understood who God is. Because God is holy. God is holy. We are not. Therefore, we cannot know God. And God cannot condone sin. But because God loves us so much, He wants to reconcile Himself back to man. It was not your own initiative, ladies and gentlemen. It was God's initiative. How many of you here, you're thankful that though you're not ready long before God took the initiative to sacrifice Himself just to satisfy God's wrath, Because before you came to know God, I want to remind you that God was against your sin. God was against you. And the Bible says that you are what? A recipient of God's wrath. Whether you like it or not, you are the aim, the object of God's wrath. The wrath of God was prepared for humanity and it was centered on you. This is the bad news. But because of what Jesus Christ did, Once and for all, He offered Himself. There was a redirection, a rerouting of God's wrath, not centered on you, but centered on Christ. Can we give God the glory for that? God paid the penalty of sins. Thus, you're free from it. And God, though it was His own Son that volunteered to die for each and every one of us, I am thankful till to this day that somebody came in between and took the bullet for me. That is why the way of forgiveness in the Old Testament through our discussion last week 
of a high priest going to the temple and offering an annual sacrifice is never sufficient. It is insufficient. It is in fact time-bound that every single year a high priest offers sacrifices every year so that God will forgive the people of Israel. But in Christ, we are forgiven not every year, but once and for all. Amen. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 25, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is the standard of God, and no man can meet the standards of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as propitiation. Somebody who admitted, went out of his way, and asked the Father that instead of allowing men and humanity to suffer the wrath of God, Jesus Christ volunteered, can you reroute and let me handle and carry the wrath that you have intended for men? This was to show God's righteousness. God is righteous because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. You're justified by putting your faith on what Jesus did on the cross. And if you're here right now and you're busy trying to contribute to what Jesus did, you're getting it all wrong. Jesus paid in full and once and for all. Is that clear? That our goodness is not the byproduct of our, or our goodness is not uh, the desire to what? Seek approval and acceptance from God. We don't do what is good and what is proper because we want God to accept us. Our goodness is the byproduct of what Jesus did at the cross. That you realize, Lord, you did not only buy me a happy meal, you pay the penalty of sins. And I'm guaranteed that if I die tonight, if you're here right now, you're thinking twice. The Bible says, if you invite Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior and put your faith on the finished work of Christ, any moment from now, if you die, you're going to heaven. Look at the person you're right. The other person, halaka. And I'm just kidding. I hope it's not going to happen tonight. You're what? You're bound to go to heaven. Thus, the reference that we will read in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 to 7, is a prophecy of the prophet Isaiah that Jesus Christ will suffer. No passage in the Bible has expressed more than what we are about to read. Are you ready? Jesus was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our, he was crushed for our, upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. 
like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we can study your word. Lord, thank you for the people that are here, Lord God, that I know the week is really about to end and we will start another week. And yet, Lord God, you have brought them into this gathering. I pray right now that you allow them to really experience your presence. We know that left to our own devices, we cannot understand your message. But Lord God, brought to you by the Holy Spirit, Lord God, you're invited to come and dine with us, that you illuminate us with your word. Thank you. The transformation is at hand and you will give us, Lord God, the faith to trust your finished work. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. That is a passage that was given by prophet Isaiah, okay? 700 years before the coming of the king. And it is amazing that he prophesied that message on what will take place 700 years, okay, uh, after. And I just realized that that passage alone gives us a what? A descriptive what? Uh, a picture of what will happen to Christ. In fact, that picture, it is so powerful that it speaks of how Christ will absorb the infirmities and the transgressions and iniquities of men. Because you need to understand that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, it is written right here, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Honestly, raise your hand before you came to know the Lord. You are living a wicked life. Okay? I mean, I, I can relate with you. You were involved with, with all the illicit and, and, and really uh, immoral relationships. Come on now. And, and because of your what? Of your, of your nature as a sinner. You can't help. You've tried your best. Okay, trying to do what is good, but you ended up doing what you hate the most. Can you relate with me? Just like what Paul okay, has said and expressed in his word, that I do what I hate to do. Dooby, 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 do. Do you understand? <laughs> Paul was trying his best to do what is right, but he ended up doing what is displeasing before God. And that is who we are. And if you're here right now, the reason why you can come to the church because you're embarrassed of your past and what you've done in the past that is not honoring before God, I want you to know that everybody in this room have a similar story. And even I as a pastor, I feel at times I don't deserve to come up here because of the what? The experiences and the things that I did that is just totally immoral and perverted in the eyes of God. But I realized one thing, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of Wrath, like the rest of mankind. The Bible is very, very clear that you are all children of wrath. God is just, in a way, geared towards unleashing His wrath to all of us because of our wicked life. And because of that, we don't have a choice. We can't run away. We can't hide. By default, whether you like it or not, no matter how good and good-looking you are, you are an object of God's wrath. You go to church and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, you are an object of God's wrath. You are a what? A great husband, a great father. You provide to your family members and you love the people around you and you're always coming to the office on time. But without Christ in your heart, you are an object of God's wrath. Isn't that at times unfair? That I have done my best to be good, but I am still an object of God's wrath. In fact, a lot of us, we're good. Not because we want to do what is good. The reason why we're good, because you're proud of doing good. 
so that people will call you good. It goes back to pride. People that are living in sin are people that are living a life of pride. People that are doing what is good without you knowing it at times, it is rooted from pride as well. Thus, it is impossible to do good and to obey God when you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart. Because God is not just consumed with your obedience, He is also particular with the motivations of our obedience. More than the action, God looks at the heart. So the Bible is very, very clear. Surely He took up our pain bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. And because of that, Jesus' suffering is a picture that he took our pain. For the wrath of God is too heavy. It is not just a weight placed on your back. It is a weight that will guarantee destruction. I want you to imagine, if you are a type of person, the wrath of God is like a 10-wheeler truck placed on your back. You can carry it for a moment, but it will crush you down. Because there is no other way for a person living in wickedness, his destiny is eternal damnation. And you're bound to go to hell. That is the summation of your life. But because of the intervention of God's love, that He took our place, bore our suffering and our pain, you are free from the wrath of God, delivered from it. Thus, I want you to hear this loud and clear. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, While we are living in sin, say the word sin, Christ died for us. I have mentioned this roughly about a week ago. That Christ did not wait for you to be back home and repent of your sins. If I were God, I'm glad I'm not. If I were God, I will repent for you to, I will wait for you to repent so I can forgive you. Do you understand? In our own dialect, dapat ang buhay kaliwaan. You give what I want, I get what I want from you. But when it comes to our redemption and our salvation, even though you're running away from God, though it was not God's fault, it was your fault. It was your sin, and you ran away from God, and it was God who sought after man. And because of that, God knows that in case you will turn your back and retrace your steps and be back to God, God can prepare himself. By, by what? By reminding you that while you're living in sin, I opted to die for you. God was never guaranteed that you will be back home. God was never guaranteed that you will repent, but He opted to die for you. Isn't that an amazing expression of God's love? Amen. Amen. When God took our pain, we are freed from what has enslaved us, controlled us. Thus, we can approach God with confidence because everything that was placed on men is now on Jesus Christ. On that cross in Calvary, there was a divine exchange and the suffering of Jesus did not only take our pain, it took our punishment. The Bible says, but he was pierced for our 
transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds, we are healed. We are healed. And when you say punishment and transgressions and, and, and iniquities, it is a picture that indeed man's eternal destiny is destruction. Remember that you don't have to die to have a piece of hell. But that is what the devil wants you to experience. He wants you to have a piece of hell. And when it comes to your relationships, all are broken. When it comes to sickness, and because of what your great-grandparents are experiencing, that they are sick and they have cancer, and they're poor, and they're cursed, the devil wants you to experience the same thing. But when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, he opted to put all of this wrath on him so that you can start all over again. That is what Jesus Christ did. God was simply saying that if you feel like the enemy is telling you lies and accusations, that what happened to your parents will happen to you. We love them, we will pray for them. But if the enemy will remind you, remind him, Jesus took it upon him. So if you're still condemned of what you did in the past, Jesus took it upon him. And if the devil reminds you that you are forever condemned, point the devil to the cross. Jesus took upon him and took upon himself the punishment intended for you so that you can walk free to do the things that God has called you to do. Church, God took the pain, God took the punishment so that you can live in freedom. Say the word freedom. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So if you continue to sin because you are living in a depraved world, it doesn't mean that you are enslaved. It is just because you have not fully comprehended what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to look up here for a while. There are a lot of things in our lives that we fully appreciate because the Lord has intervened and has changed us. Am I correct? Meron pong mga bagay sa buhay natin na nagbago. Taas ang kamay kung meron man nagbago. Kung wala, itaas lang. Magbabago din yan. And we know that God is gracious. Forgiving is the strength, the grace. Okay, to witness that this specific struggle that I have is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But there are areas in our lives that we do struggle still, even though we want to be free from it. Why is that so? Natanong nyo ba? That there are things that I'm free from, and there are things that displeases the Lord in my life. Because you have allowed God's truth to shine on these things, you are free. And you don't struggle living in that sin. But there are areas that you do struggle with. It means one thing. You have adhered to a lie. The Bible says the truth of God will set you free. The reason why Adam and Eve sin against God, because before they have committed a sin, they have listened to a lie. Do you understand? And in that area of your life, meron po kayong pinaniniwalaan na kasinungalingan. And once your eyes are open to what Jesus did on the cross, transformation is at hand. 
And because of God's word, Jesus laid all our iniquity or iniquities so that we can walk in freedom. Christ plays it upon himself. The beauty of what Jesus did, it was not you who volunteered to take it all. It was God who volunteered to take it all. Because there is still a possibility that if we ask God to take it all, there is in our own human interface with other people the possibility of rejection. But God, whether you like it or not, made a decision that in case you will repent, be back home and subscribe to my will. I want to surprise you that I have done what I am supposed to do so that if in any case or any time, you can be back and embrace my will. Jesus' suffering took our place. Jesus is 100% man because he wants to be with man and he wants to relate with man and because he wants to sympathize with man. But he was not only 100% man in order to relate with you and what you feel. Remember this. If God was just 100% God and not man, I don't think we can and we have the ability to interface with God. God did not wait for you to go up and be at par with Him. God went down to be with you so that God can understand your predicaments. And because of that, He was also 100% God with infinite righteousness. You know why? Because you have an infinite unrighteousness. Remember this, if God has opted to use someone to forgive you, that forgiveness is temporary because even though somebody will die for you other than the Lord Jesus Christ, your sin is an ending. And all sacrifices, even what we have talked about a week ago, are limited. But the forgiveness of Christ is always limitless. It is my prayer that as you have realized that God is not 100%, not just 100% man, but He is also 100% God, validating the fact that His forgiveness is infinite, willing to pay for the penalty of our infinite sin. Thus, He is the only person qualified to forgive man's sins and to be a sacrifice for our human depravity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, and for our sake, He made Him to be sin. God made His Son to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the hardest thing to do for a person who's not acquainted with sin to be a carrier of sin. The hardest. Anything done for the first time is not convenient much more when it comes to the wrath of God. How can you convince somebody to try it out? Remember this, the son called to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he was simply saying, I was forsaken, so that you'll be accepted. 
there was a divine exchange on the cross. The depiction of Jesus Christ with all the transgressions, the sins, the iniquities of men was placed upon Him so that you can live in freedom. That rejection on the cross paved the way for your acceptance. The cross was not just a piece of wood where a man has hanged for the sins of humanity. It was an entry point for man to walk closer to God. I hope that after we're done with this gathering, you will understand that you need God. And because of what God and Christ did on the cross, you will give Him an opportunity. If you have not accepted Christ in your life, to come and dine with you so that you can dine with Him. If you're here right now, and you are so familiar with your Christianity, know for once that your wrath was placed on Christ. Thus, you can't help but worship Him with all your might. Because somebody paid not just your bills, but paid for all your sins. I was reminded of a story of this woman. And I don't know if you're familiar with this story. There was an effort in communist Russia to eradicate religious beliefs. So a group of KGB agents went to a church one day and saw a woman who shows deep devotion by kissing the feet of a statue of Jesus Christ. The agent asks the woman if she is willing to kiss the feet of the general secretary of communist Russia. The woman said, yes, I want to kiss his feet. But he has to crucify himself first. And the reason why we can approach God and pay honor to God and give God the glory because we have collided that Christ sacrificed for our sins. It is my prayer this afternoon that you will understand that what happened on the cross is the most powerful thing that we can latch on. That no matter what will happen with our lives, you can look back and point to the cross. There are times you're discouraged, point back to the cross. If you're depressed, the devil's telling you, you're going to die tomorrow. Look back and point to the cross. If the devil tells you you're ugly, and you know that's partially true, look back and point to the cross. Because in the eyes of God, you are as good looking than anyone else. Amen? Can we give God the glory for that? When Christ died on the cross, it was an act pointed towards heaven to satisfy the wrath of God. God's wrath is upon His people. And God's wrath is upon us. But the Son paid it all. So the Father was satisfied because it pointed towards what the Father wants. And more than just satisfying what the Father wants on the cross, the cross defeat the power of sin and death. It is my prayer that you will not only experience God's forgiveness, that after we're done with this gathering, more than just the power of forgiveness, there is a power to say no to sin and ungodliness. If you're here and you're struggling with cursing, that every time you do things, there are a lot of things coming out of your mouth. Like, yeah, I'm telling you right now, I was like that before. I want to tell you that with what Jesus did on the cross, you have the power not to sin against God. If you're living an immoral life, you have the power to say no to ungodliness. If you are full of envy, you have the power to say no to ungodliness because what happened on the cross did not only satisfy the Father, it gave you the power to say no to sin. Church, you can say no to sin. 
and you can live for the glory of God. Amen. 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 Give God the glory for that. Upwards, it satisfies the Father. Downwards, it gives you the power to say no to sin. And sidewards, it expresses God's love for you. The cross is a picture. The Father was satisfied. And Christ has given you the power to defeat the power of sin. And because of that, God's love is imminent only for you every single day. That as you bask in the love of God for you, though things might give way, you are confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will complete it. Jesus suffered and became a substitute for our sins. Church, it is only through Christ that we are redeemed because He is the only perfect substitute. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank You for this moment that 2,000 years ago You volunteered to die for our sins. And we can't help but thank You for what You've done. And if there's anything that we can do, us, the byproduct of what You did for us, we are ready, willing, and able because we are totally saturated by your love. And this evening, if you're here right now, and you're saying right now, I constantly sin, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm telling you right now, don't be embarrassed. We're in the same boat. This church is not for perfect people. But the power to say no to sin is in this room, and you can bring it out, and you can walk and live by it. Lord, I pray for the hands that are lifted high. I want you right now to mention to God, Lord, break the power of sin in my life. This area of my life. Some of you here, I can sense in the Spirit that you, you, you're always are, and you have admitted that you can be free. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God nailed your sins on the cross and defeated the enemy. Thus, tonight, before we start our day, you can walk in perfect victory. Holy Spirit, right now, fill them with your love. Give them the strength, the grace, and the ability to say no to sin. Can we just raise our hands, all of us across the room? All of us. Now, I want you right now to say this to Jesus. Jesus, once again, say this. Jesus, I dedicate my life to you. My life will do what is noble, what is right, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy, and what pleases you. I will walk in righteousness because the Son suffered my wrath and the Son gave me the power to say no to sin. I dedicate my being from the top of my head and to the soles of my feet. It is all yours. You can put down your hands. As we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're here right now, you know you've been running away from God and you're saying, Lord, is there hope? Is there another, sec- another chance? Is there another opportunity where you will forgive me so that I can start all over again? The reason why you're here, because it was God who brought you here. It was not just random chance. It was God who invited you here. And I don't want you to let go of this opportunity. So if you are in this room and you're saying right now, I want to make this right before God, 
God will give you the grace to witness His unconditional love and the, the strength, the power to break free from sin. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're simply saying, Pastor, can you lead me? I want to start all over again. I want to follow Jesus. It doesn't happen overnight, but this is a good start. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you are that person tonight and you want to hand, gusto niyo pong ibigay yung buhay niyo sa Panginoon, I want you to pray this prayer after me. This is not a magic formula. What God looks, what God is after is your heart. And as you repent and welcome Jesus in your life, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So as you bow your heads and close your eyes, if you want to accept Christ and start all over again, ito na po yung pagkakataon. I just want you to follow this prayer after me with the help of our leaders here in front. Say this after me. Jesus, thank you that you suffered my wrath. And today, I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation that if I die any moment from now, I am guaranteed of a place in heaven. Jesus, give me the strength to say no to the things that dishonors your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen! Praise God! We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.